Your next presenter is still in school. Uh, he is pretty amazing. I was talking to him before we started tonight. Uh, Kurt is, uh, he lives in Port Stevens and he's currently in year 12. Uh, he's 18 years old and doing the HSC at Tamari. I'm not Australian. Uh, <laughs> Tamari Public School. Um, he's from a fundamentalist Christian upbringing, um, but Kurt is currently converting to Judaism. Uh, so he's learning all the inside shit tonight. Uh, <laughs> don't tell people the things we say in front <laughs> first rule of Jew club. You don't fucking talk about Jew club. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, he enjoys going to movies and loves the film psycho, uh, which I told him is what all good Jews do. Uh, cause he doesn't know that I'm full of shit. Uh, <laughs> we love psycho and bacon. Um, <laughs> And in a year or so, he hopes to be living either here in Sydney or in Tel Aviv. Uh, so let's uh, welcome him to the stage. With the applause and welcome Kurt Brown. So my name is Kurt and I'm going to tell you about the secret that my great grandmother kept hidden for 71 years. So to describe this little old lady... Growing up, we did not know much about her except that she moved here after the war uh, from Europe. She always wore long sleeve clothing and mostly kept to herself. A big rule in her house was do not wear striped clothing around Nana Molly. Dad, why can't we wear striped clothing around Nana Molly? Because she didn't have a good life. So what do you want on your sandwich? Um, uh, being the favourite great-grandchild, and she actually told me this when she was alive. I'm not just standing up here going, you know. She, uh, so I spent a lot of time at her house and, you know, she lived in Lizaro, which is like middle of buttfuck nowhere. And she lived right in the bush because she loved it. Used to have a little glass window where she'd wipe really clean, wait for magpies to flow into it and kill themselves. <laughs> amongst my grandma's other hobbies, um, you know. Uh, so living out in the middle of the bush, it gets hot. She rolls up her sleeves sometimes, if always wearing long sleeves, but rolls them up sometimes. And I remember being younger and seeing a tattoo of numbers. Didn't think much of it, just thought, yep, another decision made on a night out. <laughs> yeah. So I spent a lot of time at her house and I remember one day she started speaking to me in Dutch and looked at me as if she was expecting a response and I said, what? And then she said, oh, I I'm sorry, you remind me so much of my brother. Um, and I said, where is he now? And she says to me, he died during the war, so do you want Vegemite or Nutella on your sandwich? And <laughs> I said, Vegemite. <laughs> but as time went on, she eventually got older and older and eventually became riddled with dementia and got very confused at times. So I remember being about 13, 14 and spending time at a house as I did with her by myself with her. And she says uh, the same things in Dutch sort of thing, expecting a response. And I said to her once again, what? And then she puts her hand into her hands and starts crying. And I said, oh, my God, you know. And then she goes, sit down. I'm going to tell you everything. She tells me 
what her own children do not even know about her. So like I mentioned, I'm from a fundamental Christian background and by fundamental, I mean hardcore, like Southern American kind of shit. Um, So I remember she told me absolutely everything about what her life was like in Europe and what became of it. She told me that she grew up in a very wealthy family in Amsterdam and, you know, she came from, I didn't even know what Jews were at the time, but she said she came from a Jewish family and, you know, during Nazi occupation, her and her entire family were sent to Auschwitz. So from there, her parents, her brother, that she always said I reminded her so much of, I was a spitting image apparently, that I reminded her so much of her brother that died in a gas chamber at the age of 13. So when I was 13, 14, she got very confused with dementia, thinking that I was literally him walking around the house. So she eventually told me absolutely everything that she was sent to Auschwitz and she spent 14 horrifying months in the women's camp in Birkenau with her two sisters. Eventually, after, you know, enduring everything that they endured and losing everyone that they had ever known, they were sent on a terrifying death march to Bergen-Belsen concentration camp. So my grandma always talked about how Bergen-Belsen was not like Auschwitz. It was just an overcrowded prison camp. It was disgusting, you know, decomposing bodies everywhere. And she said, you know, her sister had, her older sister had lost absolute hope. Her son had been murdered in the gas chambers along with her husband. And her sister used to talk about killing herself all the time. And she'd say, no, let's go on. We're going we're gonna to make it. And then eventually she stopped eating and she died of starvation in March 1945 in Belston Camp. So her and her other sister, Tatiana, uh, they're both alone in the world. They had no idea that everyone was dead. Everyone was gone. And Tatiana and her made it to see the day on April the 15th, 1945, where British troops rolled into the camp and they liberated them. And so from there, lots of people were dying. The British had no medicine. They had nothing to give them. And so eventually, Tatiana, my grandmother's sister, died of typhus three days after liberation. From there, my grandma was completely alone. No one in the world. Nothing. And she might have survived the Holocaust, but her faith did not survive the Holocaust. She, her personality, the person she was, did not survive the Holocaust. And she eventually married a British pilot and she moved uh, to Australia. You know, she kept everything secret, absolutely secret. Then she even went to the extreme of changing her name. She was Anya Krajewski before the war, after the war, Molly Brown. Her daughters eventually became extremist Christians thus leading to my upbringing of the Asians are invading Australia or something like shit like that. Um, So when she died in 2015, I realised, because she once said to me, that if you look down her family tree, 
you would go right back to the Hebrew slaves of Egypt and you've got Pesach coming up. So she said, there's all that lineage. And then there was just her that came out of these camps, just her. So when she died in 2015, I felt like all that lineage, all that history is gone. It is completely gone. It died with her. Anya Krajewski might as well have died in Bergen-Belsen concentration camp in April 1945. So... I took it upon myself to go on March to Living and that is something I urge every single Jew to do at least once. And I walked through the gates of Auschwitz and like I said, my grandma used to think I was her brother and I remember walking through that terrible gate holding my Madrik's hand and then she said to me, well, I said to her, I can't believe I'm back here. I didn't even realise I had said that and I had said it. But I walked through that awful gate and I felt like I had been there before. And then when she died, once again, I felt like all that lineage, everything is gone. I can't let the Nazis win. I cannot let that die with her. I'm not letting that die of her. So I took it upon myself to convert to Judaism. And so I am in the process of it. I have been completely disowned by all my family. They said, oh, if he wants to be gay, if he wants to be a Jew, then he can do it on his own. I live with my best friend and her family now. But like I said, I will not let the Nazis win because then if I let that lineage and all that history and all that story die with her, then I've given her Hitler exactly what he wants and he would have won. I'm not letting that happen. Thank you.